Why are you trying to act like you did that? Did you do that? <laughs> like I played the piano? <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, you made it, like, that's hot. Just to let you know. This is Rod Simba. This, he's a he's a loyal listener and he's the music producer and he said I want to make you a beat and he made me a beat. That's how we work here. This it's is thirty three percent. So what, I was actually talking to Gabe, who's a production guy here, and it's funny because every person that comes on that hears the music is like wants to freestyle. Like it just happens. Like Martellus Bennett on Monday, he couldn't help himself. He just went. Yeah. yeah. In fact, at the end of the episode. Another one of the 33% of the listeners literally freestyled over the beat, and they sent it in, and I'm going to play that at the end. It's right. really, really good. The voice you're hearing right now is a man of much acclaim. New York Jets got the steal of the offseason, a two-time Pro Bowler, an All-Pro, a Super Bowl champion, and he's sipping coffee, <laughs> Kalechi Osemele. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Thanks good for to having have me you here, on, man. man. Thanks for having me on. Welcome man. to New York. Appreciate it, appreciate it. You knew my name when you walked in, which felt pretty fucking good. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you're kind of popular, if you haven't noticed. Really? You've seen my shit. Yeah, yeah, man. I've seen your shit. Everybody's seen your shit. Hey! (laughs) Uh, And what I really want to say, though, is uh, Ibo Quenu. Oh. Yeah. You you know a little Ibo. Okay. I just know that Nyjah... Listen. Now, why? Look at this one now. Look oh. at this. So he wants to. So so he wants to earn my favor early on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's phenomenal. <laughs> so you are Ebo. Uh, for people that don't understand, Ebo is a tribe in Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, my fiance is Ibibio. Oh, tight. Yes. That's like one of the smaller tribes. Super small. Yeah. Um, but I can't believe that your mom let you not be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. Yo, Congratulations. You have no idea how difficult that was <laughs> to like finesse that. I was like, yo, like I promise I'm gonna get a scholarship. I'm gonna get a scholarship. She was like, eh, you you have the arrogance to think that with the statistics and the odds that you can be a D1 athlete. And she would like go online and like print it out. I'm that, like, oh, she like, would you don't show understand. you this. People so like a lot of people, I think think have said this about uh, Asian parents, Jewish parents. I'm learning that Nigerian parents are the most intense of them. Though. Same wave. So you, I am an extreme underachiever in my community. You're the youngest too, right? <laughs> of three girls. Yeah. So like all the pressure is on the baby. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we needed A's on every test. Well, so I kind of slid a little bit because, like, I had an older sister that was kind of like a little wild. So like, oh, so as long okay. as I bawled and got like. B's, A's and B's, <laughs> I was straight. Like, I didn't get my act right really until junior or senior year. I think I, like, slid out with, like, a 3-6 or something. That's I did decent. Impressive. but yeah, I mean, you were, like, three-time honor It took me a while, though. Yeah, it took me a while. Like, my first couple years, I got, I'm not going to lie, like, freshman year, uh, I think sophomore year, I might have, like, had, like, a C or, or something like that. Wow. And, yeah, it went down. What's funny is a lot of the listeners right now are like, you're a football player. You're allowed to get C's, not if you're Nigerian. <laughs> nah, bro. You said that you're you're lesser. Like, do you still get told like your friend just became a doctor? Like, did? W- oh yeah. Well, mainly now it's like marriage. Like, why are you not married? Mm. Like, everybody's getting married. Why are you not married? Why are you not a pastor? Why are you not a doctor? Like, why aren't you doing these things? Yes. It's like, dang. I guess I'm just a bad kid. I don't right. Know. But meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, like NFL player, like signed the biggest contract ever when it happened. Like. But no, we'll look at that stuff. But I'm realizing, like, uh, you're from Houston. There's a huge Nigerian contingent in Houston. I didn't even realize that. Um, But there's been some great Ebos. Namdi Asamoah's Ebo, Osium in Europe, Prince of Mukamara. And now I'm also realizing you're practically like the New York Niger right now. 
Like yeah, we got you're, a few guys. you, Quincy Anunua, and yeah. you just drafted in the third round Chuma Idoga. Like Giannis have you, have you noticed though? Like recently, there's it's a wave, man. It's a super wave. I feel like people are like, are, they're like scouts are like realizing it. Like, yo, they're kind of athletic. Like. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, and look, it's all sports. Like a Mecca Okafor plus you get to rock the green and white. Like, yeah, that's dope. Tell that's me, dope. Explain super dope that about to that. people out there why that's so awesome. So that's like our Nigerian like flag. That's like our colors. So I mean, we I don't know. It was like '94. I think we were like in the World Cup or something like that. I was like you just got kid. in it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we did. I think we actually did well when I was like a kid. Like gotcha. We, but I remember that being one of my earliest memories of African Christian Fellowship. Like it's like the church you go to after you go to the first church, right? And you're there until like four p.m. Wow. But yeah, like you see those colors everywhere. Churches. There's a lot of like pride and stuff. So oh my like, god. Yeah, those colors, and obviously the Jets were my first team when I was like in third grade. So really, yeah. You grew first up in time Houston, I ever put on a football jersey. Yeah. Do you think it was because we were the, it was we, green were the and white? Sci, we were the Cy Fair Jets? I don't know why but we were wow that was like that was my first team we balled too man i, I grew up i was on the royals and like i just loved the royals for a little bit because that was my little league baseball team was the royals so you were actually on the jets as a kid i used to trace like jets players like at the library like yeah. who um, trace i should know his name i should know his name but he was he's number eight he's like that short really Wayne good yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to trace him because he was on the cover of some book when I was in elementary school, like wow. around fourth grade. You know, you have like the little book fair or whatever. Yes, Scholastic yeah, he book was, Fair. He was on the book fair, and I was like, oh, like, snap, Jets. I mean, I'm playing for the Jets. I used to like, because I was a terrible artist, I used to have to put the paper down and then just over it and top. just trace it, and I'd look at my work like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be me. Dude, Scholastic Book Fair was the single greatest thing ever. And I look back, I used to buy the dumbest computer games, like castle takeover and i'd come home and be like the book fair is the shit like i thought it you're was the cool. one guy that went to the book fair and didn't get a book weren't you like i got some books <laughs> no, but, I, but i was i was trying to get yeah i was trying to get the computer games like i was i was trying to play some shit and i loved books because of pizza hut because of book it where you'd yeah. read a certain amount of books and you got a free personal pan pizza. We did Rabdar, Rabdar get read a book, do a report, get a buck. It's Rabdar get. Like it was and like a big a movement. Hell yeah. I, I was pizza. racking up. That's I was racking I, up. Dude, I was at Pizza. I used to go to the library and just fill the page with books that I've never read just to get personal <laughs> pan pizzas. Yeah, I was a piece of shit. They would, they would check you though. Like our school, they'd make you do a report. Yeah, they'd be like, stuff. Lefko, you read War and Peace. You're in third grade. <laughs> like, Listen, man, that's what we're doing. I had an auntie that literally would like, you couldn't even play outside until you like read a book like really? you go sleep over and i didn't have any brothers so i'd hang out with my cousins and i'd be like please can i sleep over uh -uh. only to read remember on saturday you must read a book or <laughs> read a book and do a report when she got home what you, you literally would have to do wall sits if you like tried to fake it like forever you'd be sitting there like. and that's why <laughs> when you said earlier they're just realizing that Nigel has incredible athletes this last year i've obviously been more attuned to it because of my relationship the Nigerian uh, bobsled team, the jerseys for the Nigerian football team, the the that were the soccer team were incredible. Like that took over everywhere. I see all these major athletes. It does feel like a movement. To be a part of that movement, what kind of pride does that give you? It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool because it's like it's weird because it's like I feel like when I was growing up. I didn't really see a lot of other Nigerian like players. Like the neighborhood I grew up in was kind of stale. Like there wasn't a lot of like 
Nigerians. There was just like like black kids and then just me. You know right. what I mean? And, and the, then and, and the cultures are very different. Very very different. People don't understand that. No, it's, it's night and day different. So I wasn't even like I couldn't even really move. Like I didn't really fit in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's That's dope to like see thing. that. Yeah, because there, there's there's. And plus, you're in Houston, and which is like a melting pot of like a million different cultures. Mm-hmm. And then you're being put in with African American, and you're like, no, Nigerian is its own. It's so unique. And, and you special. only saw your people when you went to church on the southwest side. That's like the only time you saw your people. Other than that, if you were on the northwest, you were just ass. Yeah, just were by yourself, pretty much. I'm so excited to have money poured <laughs> on me at my wedding, though. You you doing what? Say that again. Get money poured on me at my wedding. Ah, uh, you know about that, dude. I'm gonna <laughs> dance so much. Just be like, I have to see videos of that. Oh, when I get the official, and I think we're gonna. Are you go, gonna wear a rapper like oh, traditional? Yes. yes. And we're gonna do green and white too, because I'm an Eagles fan. That's, so this works oh, out perfect. Like I'm the tough. other team that has those colors Degree, too. Yeah. So I'm just gonna tell my dad, no, it's Eagles colors, and I'll be like, great, sounds good. <laughs> um, best jollof rice in the world. My mom's obviously. Yeah. My mom makes the best jollof. Um, actually, my boy uh, Jeremy Zutal, he was my center in Baltimore. Yes. His mom. Um, I just went over to like he's his Nigerian house. His too. Mom. No, no, no. He's okay. uh, he's Ghanaian, and so we have this and thing. There's the battle. We had the jollof rice wars. Yes. Like my mom and his mom. Like who makes the best jollof? And I was just over like you know at his at his uh, mom's house or whatever, and it was it was good. But I mean. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And then another one of my teammates. You know, people don't realize. So jollof, w- would you say jollof is the most popular food in, in Nigeria? I would I probably know. say pounded yam, like fufu. Ugusi soup, but I was just going to ask soup. you about fufu. Like, but explain to people why jollof rice is such a big deal to the Nigerian culture. I think because rice, like the grain itself, is just like obviously it's like cheap and sustainable. Like you yes. can just, you know, it's, you can eat a lot of it. It's delicious. You know, and it's amazing. It's just good. Like, so Nigerians and Ghanaians fight a lot about who has the best jollof, and they're made So different. from my personal experience, it seems very common to see that conversation happening between Ghanaians and Nigerians. It's a lot. Yeah. I've had Ghanaians in this office come up to me and say, I'm going to make you jollof. And prove to you that it's better than Nigeria. Their rice is all sort though, and it's just not as good. Like they don't put enough spice in it. And I, 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 I told my fiance, and she was like, "Don't even eat it." <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm staying out of this. This it's, sounds bad. It's so weird how like it's similar, but it's so different. And then know. fufu sounds interesting, pounded yam, yeah. but it, it, it's like a, it's super thick, and mm-hmm. it's, I, it's like the a way I describe carb. it to people that have never like seen it before. It's like. Basically, very firm, moldable mashed potatoes. That's how I like to describe firm, it. Firm, like that clay. Never, yeah, like play, like o- play doh, basically. I want over. Do you eat it? I love fufu. Hell wow. yeah! What? I love fufu. That's my favorite dish. Like my mom will freeze it and send I it. I bet to me. if you're trying to lose weight, you can't eat fufu. It's definitely not keto. That's no. for sure. Yeah, but my mom like there's like healthy ways to do it. Like they do like. Uh, there's like a like a like a flour, not flour. I don't know. Like, there's like you know how you can so like many. finesse it. Like the reason just I, different. I won over her family because I ate fufu, because she had told me beforehand what how, kind of soup. What kind how, of soup? Say what was the first one you what said? What kind of soup? Well, no, what was the first soup you said earlier? A bono or a goosey? Uh, it was like a it was a vegetable, super cooked. I think there may have been some fish in it. It sounds like it was probably okra. Ochre soup. Well, no. They all have vegetables in it. It was. One, I think it was one of the first ones you said. Maybe a goosey. What color was it? Brown. 
brown. Yeah, it had to be. It, it had it had to be a gumbo soup. So she taught me that I had to rip it and then roll it. Yeah. So I did, and as soon as I did that, they were like, "Uh oh." <laughs> they saw that I like knew what to do, and then I dipped it in, and they're all like this. And I said, "Hey, can I have some of the fufu?" And none of the kids really eat it a lot. What? And her brother leaned in and goes, "You don't have to do this. It's so good." I don't know. So I went in there and I took the first one. I was like, "This is amazing." And I had like I had like three or four. And her uncle Samson walks up to me and shakes my hand and goes, "You're part of the family now." And I was like, "I just <laughs> ate my way into this family. I did it." But I, I've just I I. When I saw that you were Nigerian, that you're Igbo, I was like, I want to talk about this because I think it's 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 such an interesting and cool culture, and I think it's um, it probably has to define so much of who you are. Yeah, and it's people don't people don't even know that about you. I would think they know that you're Nigerian. Yeah, they know about my name. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I feel like if they want to know and they talk to you, they'll figure it out pretty quick. But. Yeah. But what do you think about this? That's the meaning. <laughs> um, I saw that you just went to China and Japan. Yeah. I mean, could awesome. you even walk down the street without getting photos taken of you? So it's weird. Like, my boy Jeremy went a few years before I did. And Zutai, he said yeah. they, yeah, and they took a lot of pictures of him. But when I went, it was, like, cool. Like, it was, like, super, I don't know if they got used to it or what. They must have. Yeah, it was. I, that didn't happen at all. What was your journey? What did you want to see? What did you do? So I went to Art Basel in Hong Kong, wow. which was amazing. Saw some really good art. Um, uh, partied a lot, obviously. Hong Kong like <laughs> doesn't shut down. What is a went Hong Kong some... party like? Um, so yeah, there's just like a, I forget the name of it, but there's like a big strip of bars where there's like literally like six level places. Wow! And it's just like there's rooftop spots that look over the entire city. Um, there's people from all over the world. Sure. It's a like kind of a like you know bit major financial hub. So and they um, drink, right? Yeah, they drink. They go out late. There's like after party spots that I went to. I mean, I should I literally keep notes on my phone, but I want to like slow down. But like I literally write everything down. Do like, you when really I travel? Yeah, I, I keep a travel journal. Nice. Somebody told me to do that when I was in Italy. Like, because well, you'll ago, forget so started, if you don't. Exactly, especially when there's drinking involved. So yeah. Uh, yeah so you're yeah, like drunk dope. at a Hong Kong party, writing in the notes app. Yeah. Yeah. Or the next day I'll be like, yo, what was that spot we went to? And then, then I'll write it down then. I do that sometimes too. Like if I kick it with some people that I'm like, I can't believe I'm kicking it with. As soon as I get home, if I'm a little bit drunk or whatever, I write down everything. Because yeah. the next day I want to remember it. I don't want to be like, exactly. oh, I had this one time with Kenyon Martin and it was, I don't remember like, what Where happened. did y'all even go? Yeah. No, I, don't <laughs> um, I always remember what happened and what I did. I just don't yes. remember the name of places. So the like, I know I went to a Michelin star restaurant in a subway station and it was the best dumplings I ever had in my life. But wow. I just don't remember. Please tell me it was here. Dim Tong Fu or something, I think wow. it might have been called. And then I went to a spot called Holy Fook that was really freaking Holy bomb. Fook. I went to a lot of dope, like really good. Like, there's the food is just like crazy. You're like, a big dumpling so guy. I'm a big dump. Well, Jeez. I am now. It's funny because I wasn't before until. No, actually, I'm, that's where I'm going. Like tonight, I'm going to Ju- Julan. Oh, really? Ju- Juwan Club. Okay. It's oh, and somewhere you're just gonna go here. dumplings. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting dumplings. That's where they just like go around with the carts, and you're like, I'll take 17 of those. It's a nicer place. It's like a little bit more upscale, kind of dimly lit. Yeah. But they bring out like. Those the little wooden things of dumplings and they're just as good. They have like the soup ones when you bite yeah. into it oh, that are like savory and it's just like ah like it's. <laughs> uh, so what was what's the difference between China and Japan? Because I would argue that probably a lot of my listeners haven't been to either. 
Um, I feel like Japan was more laid back. Like, it felt, like, slower. People were, like, way—well, not way nicer, but just, like— they were nice in both places, but you could definitely tell, like, you know, bowing a lot and, like— just like greeting you and just smiling. Sure. That happened a lot. Instead of pictures, there's a lot of smiles. Like, yeah. oh, you're different. Like, yeah. just like super friendly, super curious. Yeah. Uh, you know, like an old lady on the, uh, on the, like trying to get up the escalator, they'll like pick her up and like, wow. you know, like it's, yeah, it was, it was, well, it was really, for the it's so there. cool. Cause like, it's similar to Nigerian culture. Very so much. it's like so refreshing to see that. Like I didn't realize about uh, age and rank until I went and celebrated Christmas was Christmas, my Christmas with my fiance. And they were like, like the young kids were like going around and doing everything. And I was like, I can't tell them what to do. And they were like, no, that's like part of the culture. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That's so true. Yeah. You'll literally find yourself sprinting upstairs just to hand your, your mom or dad the remote. Well, you were the freaking right, youngest one too. Right. You're like, you literally would run up there and be like, but you can't say anything. <laughs> you just like, it's, it's, it's right there. That's why you take coaching so well. That's true. That's true, actually. You know? Because yeah. like, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've definitely had some things coached to me where it's like that would never work in a game. And it has to be repeated over and over again to the point where it's like you're literally teaching me bad habits. And then I'll say something. Yes. But, yeah. No, but that's you just put up with it because you're like, okay. I put up with it a lot. It's almost bad because then it gets to a point where it's like, where did that explosion come from? And it's like, dude, you've been telling me to do the wrong thing for like. Hey. Like we had, I had Bart Scott in here, and he was talking about when Mike Singletary was coaching, and they had some guys on that Ravens defense that just don't hold their tongue. And they're like, nope, coach, you're wrong. Yes, to the point where like, he came back in, he was like, like freaking out, because the Ravens are like, nah, bro, you got to deal with us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, I wouldn't do well with that, but definitely I let a lot of things slide, I would say. But then when it's to the point where it's to my detriment or like the other guy's detriment, yes. especially if I'm looking around – and I have guys complaining a lot to me in the locker room and stuff, then it's just like, hey, man. We got to figure this out. <laughs> it happens, though. I mean, look, not everyone's perfect. Like, I'm yeah. sure Belichick is coming on a Monday and been like, I fucked up. Sorry about that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it happens. But the bad habit stuff, offensive line coaches in general, I think it's one of the most interesting positions in sports. It's so weird. Like, they're so obsessed. They're the weirdest coaches ever. Like, what has your experience been with offensive line coaches? So they usually have really big egos. Like, really? They usually have really, really big egos. I don't know why that is. Do and they harp on the guys that they've built in the past? Yeah, they do. And the weird thing is, like, for the most part, the guys they talk about, you know, like, right out of college, they're already really talented. So mm. you're just like... Yeah, uh, you're like, I, I, I coach Zach Martin. It's like, okay, yeah, he was going to do that himself no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Or like even you, you know what I mean? Like you go to Baltimore and like right away it's like just because NFL.com said that you needed more coaching doesn't mean that that was the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you learn so much more just by watching other players though. And then you also have to learn how to adapt it to your game. I feel like where mm. guys get too caught up is like, especially when they're on the fringe or they're free agents, they try to do every little detail and they overthink things. Mm. But it's like you're an athlete. You can play football. You would not be here if you can't play football. You have to just take a deep breath, relax, 
take the parts that actually work, use yes. it. The stuff that doesn't work for you, throw it out and blow. Right. Like, to me, it kind of feels like you're you're gaining the Infinity Stones, like Avengers, to where it's like, okay, I'm really good against the bull rush. I, mm-hmm. I figure that out. I got that down. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm going to work on the spin, on the out, like all like that stuff. Yeah. Or I'm going to work on my own punch. And you just kind of pick up stuff you, every year. You steal like. what you can. Yeah. And you so throw who have you stolen that... from? So definitely... Um, I'll actually say a coach that I've actually stolen from, Juan Castillo. There's some things that he wow, taught me that actually really? work. So he has, I'm not even going to like Eagles. teach that. Yeah. Because it's a secret. But there's some things you got a <laughs> that, he's, that he's taught that they actually work. I just don't, I just don't use it all the time. Like, wow. But like, yeah, there's definitely some things where he can take the thinking out of it if you set a certain way. Wow. And then like, as far as like punching and stuff, that's, that's pretty unique to me. Like, I like to, like, you know, like, mess around and stuff. I don't just, I'm not a robot. Like, one, two, three, punch. Like, yeah. I don't do all that. So but what like, do you do? So it's a combination between a Juan Casillo set, um, an aggressive kind of Marshall Yandem, put my helmet in there, mm. and then the arms, the hands are just me. Like, that's just reaction in you. That's just, actually, I kind of just like to mess with the defender. Like, I w- don't want him to know when I'm going to punch him. Because mm-hmm. I have a really strong punch, and I just want him to be, like, wary of it. Sometimes I won't even punch. Like, sometimes they'll be so, like, wondering what I'm going to do that right. I just end up just grabbing him. And you just kind of hold that hand. So, which is your better punch hand? Um, I usually punch with my left because I'm a left guard. Right. And so I have a seven-foot-two wingspan. And Shit. one arm is longer than two, as you I know, mean, if you've ever you done the basketball. So, like... Yeah, you just you kind of like put that arm out there, and and you they have to they have to respect it. Yeah, they have to do. They either have to swat it out the way. They have to respect it. And because your arm arms are so long, like literally, pounds. that right when they're out of their stance, it's in their face already. So they're like they have to deal with that first. I let them deal with that, and then I'll like usually jab them with my right. Yeah, I saw you have thirty five and seven eighths arms. Like that's insane, bro. I use that to my advantage. for Yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, wait, so it, it's a cat and mouse game the whole time, mm-hmm. but you being at guard, I have to imagine you, you're dealing with stunts. Now the big thing in the NFL is third downs. We're moving yeah. the pass rusher to inside. Yeah. Have you seen that trend the last few years? I've seen that since I was a rookie. The okay. Steelers were doing that forever. Like every time we played the Steelers, whether it was like playoffs or whatever it was, like those are big rivalry games. They did whatever they could to like get to the quarterback. So yeah. I saw guys dancing, linebackers dancing in there. Every time we played the tech, Texans, like those guys Clownies, too, dancing there, around, man. like messing around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like, I feel like a lot of teams are definitely starting to do that. Shit, man, it's for sure. because I think the trick with that is just yeah, to tell get, me, just to get back. If you get back, you can see everything. Like if you you know the snap count, so if you get off the ball, right, vertical, like you have to set like a tackle almost yeah. and get straight back. You can see what he's gonna do, and the more and he dances, on your right the more left. he dances the better it is for you. Like, let him dance all day and then kill him when you can, when he gets close enough. What is uh, the time in which you got somebody with the punch and you think it's your number one punch? Um, Man. Like, I, I want one where off he the got top up and he head. was like, KO, serious, bro? There was one where it was kind of like a punch off of a bull rush. Um, it, was a, it was a Samoan dude from the Panthers. Starlo Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So he bull rushed me. It's a big and dude. It was more like a drop, like I anchored, like I did like a sumo. Yeah. And then I like gathered all my strength and I literally just tossed him on the top of his head. Like he went all the way back and flipped. What? I was so amped. I was so amped. That, that was a good battle. 
that was a good battle. Carolina like he was, he was always a dog. Has those big dudes he was like a dog. That. So is that something where like you get into the locker room and like the next day or not the locker room? Like you're watching film and they're just replaying it over and over again, or you like perk up in your seat when you know that play is coming? It's not cool. You get a self suck fine if you get too hype on your own play. So what you kind of have to like play it cool and just sip your coffee. And then, like, your teammates are like, damn, nigga. <laughs> Maybe, like, looking back at you, and you're just like, yeah. Wait, not, so a you're self, not get me a self suck, suck play? Self suck fine. Like, if you brag or if you get hype on your own play, like a pancake or whatever, you get fined. Is this every locker room you've been in? It's most, yeah. I mean, if not an actual fine in Oakland, that was an actual fine. But in Baltimore, it was just like a Come on, be man. humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sit yeah. Down. So it was like. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you can get caught. You can like kind of shake your head. That was like the cool thing to do. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, we do what we can. That's such an offensive lineman room. Yeah. Like a wide receiver room. It's oh, like, that would be yeah. That'd be getting hyped, dude. Up. The whole room would be going crazy over a catch. Like, room? I shut this motherfucker down. Yeah. Quarter, cornerback. Oh yeah, definitely. Cornerbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I said quarterback. I was like, quarterback's kind of like us. No, yeah, cor- corners, quarterbacks. Yeah, I feel like they watch and they're like. Could throw. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. exactly Thanks, like bro. that. But on the inside, they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah, oh my god, you know how long it. I worked on that. Yes. Uh, what is? Do you believe that there's different personalities between different positions on the O line? Um, positions on the O line. Like, is there a difference? Like, our left tackles a certain way, our centers a certain way. Not, not, not all the way across the board. Like, um, there's some left tackles that are aggressive and can like jump you and are strong. And then there's like finesse ones. Mm. So there's like some finesse guys. Yeah, like Jason Peters can dance. That man, See, but that he, can do, he can do he can do both. both. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. He's just rare, dog. Like Tyron Smith. See, that's one of the examples of a coach. Juan used to talk about Jason Peters, and you'd be like, dog. I know. But the way he said that he learned like that technique to teach to other guys, I will say he did admit was by watching Peters. Well, he's got so the honestly, right foot up, left foot, and he does that He shuffle. literally just watched him. Like, how is he every time? And then he figured out patterns for certain players. Wow. And then he, like, which I respect that because then it, it kind of makes it. It didn't work every time. Of course. Because obviously guys are instinctive. They can feel that you're in a certain position yeah. every single time. So obviously they're going to do something about that. Right. But, like, definitely when you're tired and it's the fourth quarter, there's certain sets that will put you in the best possible position to succeed. I'm just, like, I think about... Von Miller's got his pass rushing camp. I had Trent Brown in here, and Trent was the only offensive lineman that went to that camp. And he even told me that it was great because he saw all their moves. And it helped, like he's like, I'm I'm learning what their favorite moves are, and I'm hearing Von talk about. Yo, it. what camp is this? It, it's the Von Miller pass rush camp. He invites yeah. he invites all the other good pass rushers. <laughs> Wait, I'm just, but why would a li- why would he let a lineman in? Bro, Trojan That's horse. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I think the t- I think the offensive linemen need to get together. Like I think you. There is a, there's an O line. We're doing one in Dallas. Yeah. Are you doing one? Yeah. yeah Who yeah. are you with? Um, Brian actually is the one that invited Winters? me. Brian Winters. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Dude, he rattled like, off. Zach Martin should be there. He's, like, he's there. He's there. He's, he's there. going. Like Brandon Brooks should be there. Like I'm just I'm thinking of sure guards. Yonda. You know what I mean? He like he probably won't go. But. It's so much more valuable to you guys at your position because who cares if the guard on the other team does great? Really what happens is if he's great, then he might get paid more so that when you're up for the contract again, the level's higher. That's true. And I, I also think that offensive line play has kind of taken a step back the last few years. Whether it's like spread offenses in college football have kind of made it harder or... 
There's yeah, just a, there's a I lot. I guess of- I would. I feel like personally, this is what I see. I feel like it's not as nasty as it used to be. It's not as physical as it used to be. You know, I'm not seeing you guys falling on people anymore. Or it's so souls. weird. Like the stuff that they're just like teaching now. It's good to t- teach like technique, but I don't know. It's not the same. So you it's think it's because it's become technique driven? It's very. It's always been a little technique driven, but usually, like you'd have a coach that's like bury him like you know like get in his head yeah finish him take his soul from him like fourth quarter he doesn't want to play be physical like be physical that was like the way that i was coached from like basically my whole life until like the last probably that the first time that changed would probably be with cable but like yeah i don't know i don't know like being physical is like the most important aspect yeah you still need technique but I don't know. It's all about, like, uh, keep your head out and, like, you want to lift them and, like, foot far, foot far, foot far, foot far, foot far. And like, you're like, keep, be rude and keep your feet flat on the ground. Like, and you're like, let me just punch him in the chest. And it's like, bro, like, football is a passionate game. You do need those tools, but at the end of the day, it's a passionate game. Yeah. Like, you when did know you what learn I mean? that? Huh? When do you think you learned that? Like, the that most? it's a passionate, ga- passionate yeah. game? College. Because. Mm-hmm. I was at Iowa State, you know, I was a two-star or whatever, I had a big chip on my shoulder, and I knew I could ball. Like, I went there because, okay, I didn't get recruited by Texas. We're playing Texas. Beat Texas for the first time in school history. Oh, we're playing Nebraska. Sue is over there. All right, cool. Like, they're supposed to win the national championship. Yeah. Beat them at home. First time since, like, the, the 70s. Oh, okay, Oklahoma State's coming Damn, in here. They're I ranked number that. two in the country. Triple overtime. We ran the same play, like, three times in a row. We ran power. They still couldn't stop it, and it was passion. It was senior night. My mom's in the stands. Wow. It's not going down like that. Wow. I'm not going out like that. Y'all are going home. We're going to a bowl game. It's passion. That's amazing. That's another thing that's funny is I think there was a game uh, like two years ago, 2016, when you had the incredible season. And I think you guys beat a team and you ran the same run play like 20 times in a game. Yeah. Like that's what's so funny about the NFL. All sports. All- it's so dope because nobody nobody knows. Like even between the Fans guys, don't you don't talk it. about it. They might tell their homie like that other D lineman might tell their homie like, yo, like he real. You know, but it'll never, ever come out. But it's literally a one-on-one boxing match at that point. Like, literally, fourth quarter, overtime, whatever that situation is when the game is on the line or when it's that moment where it's literally like a dogfight. Like, y'all aren't even talking shit at this point. Like, it's literally just you and him. And, like, it becomes a dogfight. And those are the best. And then and the best coordinators can see. Like, they see the matchups and they can see, like, yo, like he's got this guy. Yeah. So they'll, they'll keep running it. Like, he's in the zone right now. Like, keep running that play. Man. Like, he's got the hand. And the dopest thing about it is, like, being in the huddle and you hear it again. You're like, yeah, he fucks with me. Like, let's go. My bad. That was amazing. <laughs> KO just hit his chest so hard that he knocked the side off. That's awesome. Really well done. I appreciate that energy. Bring your 33%. But that, but that's so interesting because I've never thought of an offensive lineman hearing his number called. You know what I mean? Usually it's like we're looking for this wide receiver on the go. We're pounding the rock again. But mm. also it's like, oh, you're coming to the left side again? You know. Yeah. You know. You know. Like the most you'll ever get is like I, I remember like looking at DP and we would just like dap like, yep. Like Dude, we, your 2016 season of you, Donald Penn, and Hudson, center, left guard, left tackle. Hey, don't forget Gabe, bro. He's I'm not, a dog. I'm not messing Gabe. Go to Mississippi and hunt, too. Yeah, that, with dog, Gabe. Dog, dog, straight yeah. dog. He but went to school with, uh, when with you, uh, Fletcher. When you're destroying people, what is that feeling like? 
it's like, the best feeling. It's the best. It's the best feeling, <laughs> and 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 the best feeling about it is everybody feeds off of it. Like I'm talking about Seth Roberts. We're on at Whiteout. It's like, all right, dog. Like he'll just get this look in his eye, and then you'll get like a run around the corner, like perimeter, and yeah. Seth's got his dude out of bounds. Like because he's and then, blocking. Yeah, too. he sees you, and then. Like, DP will see me get a cake. Like, all right. And then Gabe will see me get a cake. Like, all right, how many you got? We get back to the, we're tallying pancakes. Like, Man. it just becomes a competition within the competition. Everybody's just feeding off each other. Like, you see a guy bury somebody, like, on your line, you just get so hyped. And Man. the energy changes. It goes from, like, oh, a gamma X's and O's. It literally, like, that goes out the window at a certain point when you're rolling. Like, it doesn't matter what play you call. That's what's so funny is with, like, analytics and people looking at, like, play calling and stuff now. At the end, it's, are your big people going to be their big people? Sometimes it's just that simple. Like... I mean, I'm not throwing analytics out there. I'm sure there's coverages and things I don't know about all that. Yeah. But, like, literally... You can try to like look at analytics and numbers, but when there's some other shit going down during a game, like bro, you can't measure that. You right? can't. It all comes down to heart. That's why when I make my predictions in the beginning of the year, one of the main things I look at, other than quarterback and coach, because that that to me is huge. That's always going to be the same. Is yeah, depth on the O line and D line, not just who are your best five and your best four on defense. That's true. Who is your eight? That's who true. who is your eight on offense? Who are your swing tackles? Who's your who's your interior? Because true. someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, it's a fucking hard game. It's a long but season. if I see you're ten deep on the D line and ten deep on the O line, bro, you're going to be good. That's dangerous. Raiders O line was deep when you were on the Ravens. That Ravens O line was <laughs> deep as shit. The whole the whole team was deep. That was unbelievable. Linebackers, safeties, corners, O line. I would probably say O line wasn't as deep actually. Well, but. I would say the fact that you had to come in as a rookie, second-round pick, and start at right tackle. Yeah. No, no. So you started, yeah, I started at, at right tackle, then they moved me to guard left guard the for playoffs, the playoffs, and I had never played that position in my entire life. But you had to come in, and you started every game at right tackle. Yeah. To start your career like that right away, I mean, it, it had to make you some of the man you are today just to get dropped in like that. It, it said a lot about, like, my my the work that I put in in college, like all the games that I started in college, like my attitude, my demeanor, right the way tackle that I in worked, college? left tackle in okay. college, and just like that whole the way that I worked, I literally in my mind was a professional already in college. The way that I prepared, like mm-hmm. the way that I trained, I was like, I'm doing this. I was literally all in. Changed my major. I'm like, I'm focusing on ball. Like, wow. I'm doing this. It this just felt what, good. I, I, it was literally like just all in. This is what I want to do. I'm going for it. If I don't make it, I don't make it. I'm going for it. And so, like, that, it just felt like that all paid off to, like, come in and get and get the job like that. Like, so they actually called me to report early, uh, Harbaugh, and I'm literally, like, in college still, like, just graduate, whatever. And he's like, yeah, we need you to come in a few weeks early. Like, uh, our, our one of our tackles is overweight or whatever right now. We need you to, like, learn the plays or whatever. So I come in early. Like, I'm learning the playbook. Like, I'm lifting. Like, I'm yeah. grinding. I'm like, yo, like, I think I'm going to get a shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I still remember, like, that first preseason game in Atlanta, first NFL game I've ever been to, walking in there, looking at the Jumbotron and being like, yo, like, I'm in the NFL right now. Like, and, and Flacco being like, all right, let's go. You're not a rookie anymore. And, like, calling the play and being like, yo, wow. like, this is lit. Like, this is crazy. First play was a good play, too? I don't remember. Okay. I think it was. I know my first play in college was not. <laughs> I buried the guy and got a fucking flag. I was pissed. Damn. I was like, what the fuck, ref? I did my job and I'm going to punish for it. <laughs> Who, was there a guy that lined up opposite you that rookie year that was your, oh, shit, I'm in the NFL moment? 
Because you were lining up against Terrell Suggs in practice. Yeah, I guess that's probably why, yeah. I think I just saw, like, blocking so many, like, different guys, especially when I moved to guard and I was blocking Haloti Nada. Like, it was just so much talent that—and they grinded. Like, they worked hard. That's, like, where I got, like, kind of how you prepare as a pro, like, your attitude, like— Every rep matters in practice, like that attitude. Like there's even you'll there's some times where you'll you know guys on the other side of the ball will be annoyed at your like work ethic. They're like, come on, man, we're trying to make it through the season. But like that's where I saw like how you need to prepare to win a championship was by being on that line and going against that D line, like and blocking guys like Chris Canny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Monsters. it's like then when you get on the field on Sunday, it's like who are you gonna block that mm. you're even worried about? Have I think been- my first. I think my first one of my first. Starts in was it in the regular season. One of my my one of the biggest guys I remember blocking and being like, "What was Demarcus Ware?" Like I was like, "You know what? Like we, why is everybody like everybody was like so worried?" And then I remember being moved to guard and they were worried about Justin Smith. And I'm like, "What are y'all? What are y'all talking about?" Like because like the way that I prepared and my tenacity, it, it was, I was just prepared. Like I was just ready. It didn't Those matter guys who are you both a up. similar skill set. I think at that point of their careers, Demarcus Ware and I Justin feel like Smith. I feel like Demarcus at that point when you played, they're more physical guys. I don't think anyone's going to out physical you. Yeah, I know. Who are the kind of guys though that like give you? Like a little bit. Is it the smaller, the quicker best guys? Best player that I have ever played against is Aaron Donald. That's I've the best heard that player. So many times. He's actually that, and you know, you know, it's true when guys actually say it because we're very prideful. So you be like, you know, he's straight. Like, no, he, no, he's nice. Yeah. But like when you're just like, yo, no, like he's clearly when you separate somebody from other players, that's like. Was the first moment? Were you even like watching the film, being like, I can handle this, and got on the field, and it surprised you i'm not even gonna lie i didn't really watch film before i played him because i was just like i'm gonna get in his head and play physical like that was like my that was <laughs> famous like, <laughs> last words i'm just gonna have physical aaron donald that's exactly what i did you can watch the film oh you beat him up the first nah, time no no sacks no pressures but he was still the best guy you ever Shut faced up. still the best guy i ever faced has he have you how many times have you faced him um i think just that one time wow you know what you sound like right now do you ever seen the clip of um Matumbo telling Jordan, you've never dunked on me before. Mm. And he's like, you've never gotten me. You never. And Jordan's like, okay. And then later that season, Jordan dunked on him. I need to see if you're playing. Now nah, I'm just going to watch film if we play again. Dude, stop. <laughs> stop sipping the coffee, Kermit. Um, to, to win a Super Bowl, your rookie year. Now you're seven years in. Eight. Eight years in. What kind of perspective is that for you compared to other players? So um, that really taught me a lot about what a locker room is supposed to look like. And I just remember that feel and that energy, like the young guys really talking, the old guys really talking to the young guys. Like we had like a mentor system, Mm -hmm. like uh, every single veteran had a young player, like a rookie, and you were responsible for him. Like if you guys went out on the weekend, you made sure he got home safe, Mm -hmm. like uh, you taught him about off the field stuff like professionalism, yeah. how you handle your business. Finances. It was just a ve- it was a brotherhood, and so I'm really grateful that that was my first experience in the NFL because like other guys that I came in with, I remember like I think some guys were with, like St. Louis, like man, they so petty, bro. They like women, bro. Like it's like clicks and stuff. Like, man. and I remember being like, man, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that bullshit. Like, For but real? like our locker room was just like so tight. Like everybody was just like they had the same mission. They everybody just was focused on winning. Was that know? a Harbaugh thing, or were there certain players that upheld that? It was the players. It was like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Ladarius Webb. Like Time we out. just had leaders. I forgot. So your first year, you're with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. 
Holy yeah. shit. And Suggs. Marshall Yonda, prime. Terrell Suggs, like Haloti uh, Nada. And these guys were just like men. They were just like leaders. Like they just were ambitious. They knew what they wanted to accomplish. They yeah. wanted to take care of their families. Like they just were focused. Like it was just the men, like the type of men that were in that locker room. Yeah. They were just men. There was no like BS. Like no. they knew what they wanted to get done. You've experienced BS since, I'm assuming? Hell yeah. <laughs> all the time all the time i just wish i had more of a personality to be like those guys be like no yeah fuck that but like this is not my personality dog like i'm too You're like a coffee sipper you know what i'm saying like, like i'm just oh, like it's petty. the nigerian in me i don't know but like i'm uh -oh. just like not the type to be like oh like no you know like i, I just feel like that's so it, funny i don't know like I, maybe i need to learn how to be like that like don't do that but it's just not like my natural thing to tell people what to do i think you know what you'll probably reach a point like ray did and ed did where you know that your window's really closing and you realize that you can't put up with the bullshit anymore because your your birthday's when I turned 30 this year, June 24th. June 24th. You're about reaching the point of your life where you're going to be fed up with bullshit. So what's Talk funny, to somebody in their what's 30s. funny is like there's definitely been some things that I have seen when I first arrived, but they're already, it seems like, changing. And one of those is for sure like the work ethic, especially like the way guys are grinding in OTAs right now and you flying around. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I feel like when I first got there, I kind of felt the vibe like, I was doing the most, like nobody ever said anything, but there'd be kind of like just that kind of energy, like, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, am I doing too much? You know what I mean? But like, I feel like now, like, dude, we're grinding, and it, it, it didn't even take any conversation. Like, it just that's literally awesome. is just like happening. Well, so, you're gonna lead by example. I you're... feel like that's just like I just I can't. I'm not a raw, raw like guy. Like, just see me bury somebody and then go out there and do your thing. Some people are built to be the talkers. And also be the executors. But that, it, I just think it takes so much energy to speak something it into does. existence and do it. It does. You know, because... I almost, I almost feel like you're taking energy away from the actual action. You I are. don't know. It's the same reason that when I see an IPO, like a, a company go public, or I see someone announce they're shooting a movie, mm -hmm. and they get all the comments, congratulations, that you're doing a great job, and you haven't done anything yet, that's the part where I think people can get caught up if they're the rah-rah guy so too much. Because you just, <laughs> you do the rah-rah thing and you release some of that. You know, you release yeah. that. Maybe you hit the snooze from 550 to 555. I, I, it was you, a great day yesterday. You gotta be super low-key, dog. Yeah. You just but, gotta do the work. Ego's son of a bitch. I say, I, say that, <laughs> I say that in every podcast. Ego is the enemy. Uh, did you read it's the book? book, yeah. Ryan yeah. Holiday? Yeah. That's my guy. Del Rio gave it to me. Really? Yeah. Did you ever read uh, Obstacle is the Way? Hmm, no. That's the better one. Mm, okay. Ryan Holiday, Obstacle is the Way. Same guy. Yes. He knows, oh, he knows something. That's, we, he, I've had him on the show multiple times. That's pretty dope. Dude, he's the man. He's got another book, because I know you meet with like Silicon Valley people, Perennial Seller is an amazing book too. That's Perennial Seller is about, he studies organizations and groups that have lasted for like a long time and what mm -hmm. do they do to establish that early on? Hmm. How, okay. how does, how does um, I'm trying to think of, not Walmart, but like a company that's like a pizzeria that's been around for a hundred years. Yeah. What do they do that the pizzeria that was around for six didn't do? And yeah. little stuff like that, looking at businesses and Apple and shit. It's the same thing what you're saying, it's foundation, technique, like the people that are, are too heavy on one side and they're not balanced, yeah. it will eventually come back. That's true. And you so, have to have your own special ingredient. And, and good intention. Lombardi's. It's my favorite pizza. 
Lombardi's is your favorite pizza in New York or in, in the world? Wow. Yeah, I've been to like some. I went to one in Tokyo that was like, oh, they went to Rome and all that. Sorry, Ronnie, but um, yeah, no, yeah. that's that's not how pizza works. <laughs> Lombardi was it was it was just yeah. Lombardi pizza to me is weird. not one of those foods where I want you to study the masters. I need an old grandmom that has a sauce that she hasn't shared the recipe. with That's anybody. a very Japanese thing, though. Like, get it perfect. Of course, the, you know? that's what they do with bourbon. They perfect everything. That's what they do with sushi. Oh yeah, they have even like their French cuisine is supposed to have like the most Michelin stars. Crazy, it's crazy. And, like, and French is everything. about perfect. Perfection. Yeah. And yet here they are. Yeah, because every day, that's like the ninja philosophy. How do you feel about France? Uh, I don't know how I feel. I've never though. been I to France. Have the best experience because I didn't speak any, any French. I hear their they did assholes. not like that. They did not like that. Yeah. It's funny because I always give cultures a chance. That's the one place I've traveled all over the world Africa, Iceland, New Zealand, wow. Japan, China, uh, uh, Australia. Like, I've been around, and that's one place where, like, bro, what's up with y'all, man? Really? Like, what's up with y'all? So, French much more rude than New Yorkers? Hell yeah! It's not even close! Wow. It's not even close! I don't even know what they're, like, let me stop. Well, I'm just curious, what is rude in France? I've never been, but I've heard this ask from... like, I don't know, like, ask somebody, you know, for directions or something like that, or... You know, about like a dish on the menu or like where to go out or like a whatever. waiter's rude? What? Hell yeah. Oh my they- gosh. Chefs, chefs and waiters. Like if you don't like something and you send it back, I had a friend do that while we were there and it was an uproar. Like I couldn't even, like I was, Tell but I'm like a scene. pretty chill dude. So like he was pissed, but I was just laughing. All right. like, I, I love awkward situations like that. I will never send back a dish. I yeah, that me neither. shit. That yeah. like, nope, that's what you order. That's what's coming. <laughs> But tell me the scene, because I love situations like okay. this. Okay, so what happened was we had told them how lit beef tartares were like, yo, you've never had it. You should try it. We're here. Try it. Yeah. And, you know, he's like a guy from, like, the Midwest or whatever, like Iowa. So raw and he's meat just might like, not agree with him. Which is weird, because he likes he'll eat a steak rare, but that just the presentation in general, I don't know. I will say that it was very blocky, like he just came out of, like, a spam can. Wow. The presentation wasn't the greatest, but... Yeah, he just wasn't feeling it. He took a bite and he was like, nah, dog. Like, can you, like, at least, like, <laughs> heat it up a little bit or something? Heat it up, Tartar. And, dude, like, f- actually, I will say I tried it and it was actually fire. Like, we almost invented a dish. Like, they literally just, like, flame torched it for, like, a few seconds and brought it back and it was, like, completely different. Mm. But, like, oh my gosh, like, that dude was so mad. Like, the chef wants to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. Beef tartare is not heated. It's not cooked. Da, 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 da. And then the chef came out? Yeah. Like, they were pissed. That's we crazy. literally just, like, stopped by a place because, like, we still had our bags and stuff before we checked in. And they were, like, mad. That's incredible. Like, literally asked the dude if you, like, oh, like, one of my friends wanted to hit a blunt. And, and the dude was, like, oh, no, like, like tripped on it. And it was like the way, like, dude, like, my boy's like, I'll pay you. And like, they're still like, no. Like, wow. It was just like so weird. Like, why though? I remember somebody, like, we went to like this, like, uh, place to drink. This nice, like, there's like a really traditional, like, cool, nice, whatever. It was like yeah. trendy place to go. And my boy uh, orders a drink and the bartender was rude and he makes a comment about it. And the lady next to us is like, we're talking about how rude she was, and the lady was like, oh, are, are people not rude in America? Are they nice all the time? And we're like, that's not the point. Like, we're paying a lot of money to be here. And yeah. Like, I've service. never heard people like, in the service industry. Would you let somebody just, like, slap you because the place is nice? Like, yeah. well, I don't give a damn. I'm Do they not the slap you in America? No, <laughs> like, motherfucker, That's they not the don't. point, dog. Like, you got to be loving New York, then. I love New York. It's awesome. 
I love it. So when you, where were you when you found out you were being traded? Uh, so this is going to sound super corny, but well, my mom would love it. I literally was coming out of church. <laughs> Your mom loves that story. So you're coming out of church in where? The lamest story ever. Um, this is church, uh, Howard Thurman, Church of All Souls. Um, I randomly started reading about him after MLK, and I was, like, curious, like, because there was, like, a lot of stuff going on in San Francisco. That was dope. So they do, like, a lot of, like, really cool cultural stuff. Yeah. And so I'm, like, reading about Howard Thurman. I'm, like, yo, like, he kind of, like, philosophy-wise, like, we think about the same, think the that's same awesome. things. So I'm, like, whoa, he founded the church out here. Like, what? That's lit. I got to go to it. How's nobody talking? I Like, the, you know how they review stuff on Google? Yes. And, you know, nobody was even going. So I went and checked them out, like, hella times. I was, like, fam, every single time I went... It was like the, the most dope service, great. and it was actually like relevant to the times. And they're That's actually awesome. doing things in the community culturally. Like they literally had like a sermon politicians straight, and stuff man. like that. It was crazy. Like they were actually doing things, and it was just like, whoa! Like this church is awesome. So yeah, I was, it was like a Sunday, and I, you know, I was going to that church in May. I like called me and was like, yo, like sorry, we never met. And I'm like, actually, we have. I was in there like working out, and then we had a long conversation about how I met your son's friend, but whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so embarrassed. Wait, yeah, anyways, you're going to New York, I'm like Mayock. Wait, so Mike Mayock said, I've never met you before? He completely forgot meeting me in the conversation that we had about meeting his son, but it's all good. It's That's cool. like I, I guess was... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very... I was... Very my first job was supposed to be in... I'm Re nobody. My first job was supposed to be in Reno, Nevada, and the news director got fired, and the guy that was filling in said, listen, Alex, and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting this job. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's so. So, did you have to leave church, or were you already walking outside? I was walking outside. The funny thing is, I was walking in when he called, and I actually knew. I had a feeling, so I knew right when I went in. But I was like, "Dude, this is not going to mess my vibe up. I'm going to church. Like, whatever. Like, wow. I'll deal with you it felt after." That. Yeah, I felt it. I knew. And I was like, "I'll call you back after I get out." Oh, you said that to him. Yeah, I told him. Gotcha. Yeah. And when your so, phone, your phone wasn't buzzing. You weren't no, getting I, I like, had alerts. It off. Yeah, no, I had it. I turned it off. So, so you turn it on, and he turn calls, it back on, and he, he calls, calls me. And, and Mayock goes, "Hey, sorry, we never met." And you're like, "Actually, we have." Yeah, exactly. And then he was like, "Yeah, like, you know, sorry to say, we've traded you to the Jets. Whatever, blah 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 blah. Like, good luck. Like, whatever, blah blah blah." blah. And he's like, "Mike McCagney's gonna call you." So Mike McCadden calls me and he's like, yeah, man, like I was, you know, over in, uh, uh, in charge of scouting with the Houston Texans. And I've been looking at you since Iowa State. And I remember having a meet like a, we went, like, really? I went to the Texans and I was, he's like, man, I've been watching, like we've been trying to get you on the team. Yeah. We were one of the first teams that wanted you when you were going to Oakland, you went to Oakland. And I was like, oh yeah, like the Texans were like one of the people that coming sure. out in free agency were like, I was like, yeah, like, Yeah. And then he was, yeah, it was just like a really good conversation. And I was like, yeah, God's plan. I actually started playing God's plan. I was like, yeah. Dog. Did you really on Drake? Yeah, yeah. There, there probably was like two things. There's one that's like, it's like the highs and lows. The low is the team that I was just on traded That you me. bled for, that you had so much pain for, that like you vibed so much with your teammates with, mm. like have so many memories with like it was crazy i remember hitting up gabe gabe was the first person i told him i was like yeah dog they, they traded me he thought i was playing he's like stop lying i'm like yeah dog and he was like i'm probably next you never know what they've been doing around here like because it was just like that bro like the day before you got gone. traded they got antonio brown in a trade so you probably the, had a the day, day of being the like funny yeah the funny thing was uh, the night before we were celebrating my boy neil his one of his uh 
friends like started the company like a startup or whatever and we're celebrating her and then the news came at dinner that we got ab so we're all at the table like yo we about to be cold like dang and then like yeah the next morning it was the next day it was the next day yeah i think it was yeah it was the next day yeah so that flipped real quick yeah but that's what I'm saying. You have all these up and downs where you have the up ABs on your team, down the team that I bled for. And then up again because Le'Veon again, Bell. Like, well, I would say up again, too, because you find out you're going to New York. Yeah, that, too. Like, what was And your... also the fact that Mike, like, McCagnan was, like, trying to, like, get me over there. So I'm like, oh, so they really, like, fuck with me. Yes. And I kind of felt like they didn't really fuck with us. Like, with the whole Gruden, like, organization they came in. We had, like, you know, like, we were vibing, bro. We had a team. We had a unit. You know what I mean? Like, similar locker room to Baltimore. Yeah. And it just like almost felt like, oh, we're rebuilding right away. Like, yo. Like, you could feel that change immediately. Right away. As soon as they How came you... in, I remember Cable sitting me down and being like, yeah, man, we going to take this guard. If uh, the Colt, Indiana doesn't take him out of out of uh, Quentin Nelson, we're going to take him. How do you feel about moving to tackle? Like, as soon as I meet, like, first, like, one of the first conversations I have with the team, so I'm like, okay, so you're already trying to move me. So, all right, cool. And I was an all pro. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, like, I kind of see where this is going. If we can't get him, then we'll, we're going to get Colton Miller. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be upfront and honest with you, which I respect him for that. But it was just kind of like, yo, like, the, our old line is cold, though. Like, what? Like, yeah. just the disrespect in general, just to be like, mm. That's the thing that's crazy to me is if you want to say we're reevaluating the wide receiver position, if you want to say we're going to look at running backs, but when your offensive line, like three of them all went to the Pro Bowl, the other two were like really, really solid, and like there's been no issues at all, and to just go, we're going to change that foundation. That was not the position. And especially because we were like the hardest working group. We were like literally the heart and soul, and it was just like, so there's no nothing that we can do to convince you, bro. Like mm. It's deflating. Do you think they just like... Why do you think they came in with that mindset? So from what I've heard from other people, it's kind of one of those, like, ego things. I guess somebody was saying, like, oh, like, we're going to win a Super Bowl, but it was with other people's players. So maybe he just wanted to do it with his own guys this time. Mm. I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, you never really you know what's going on. you good talks with him? We had a lot of talks in his office, and they were not, like, what he said obviously did not come to fruition. So for take that for whatever it's worth. Ooh, what so, was the best thing you were told that didn't come to fruition? Yeah, man, the next five years, man, like you're going to be a leader on this team. We really respect how hard you work and your work ethic and all this and that, like blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, all right, well, we'll see. Man. Oh, look. That's I, the business, though, look, man. man you know? my, my old partner, Sims, used to tell me all the time that that cost Gruden a lot when he was with the Bucks because he was a quarterback on the Bucks. He would tell you things, and then later it wouldn't be the truth. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I appreciate Cable telling you the truth. See, like, I, I respect that. He yeah. kept it real. He did. He kept it real. It's like, it's like, hey, man, we're trying to make these moves. Like, we want to do what we want to, like, you know? And, it, and it's like, you know what's up. You know what I mean? Like, you always, at least you know what's up. You might yes. not like it, but you know what's up. Damn. And, but, so that sounds like a whole other lesson learned for you, this whole process. I mean, man, like, I, I played, uh, like, I went through the coach change with Gene Chizik and then Paul Rhodes coming in yeah. and then him, me coming out and him being like, oh, like telling Scott's, oh, he has character issues, like all this other I've been through so much like stupid political like stuff that at this point it's just like, I almost expect it out of coaches, especially because I'm the type of player that I like talk to the free agents and stuff like that. So I hear things. So I know. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? We talk about, so many people love to talk about how like athletes can be childish. And I think coaches are worse. What? They don't get drug tested. 
They nothing like nobody questions what they're doing. Like they say a player's a certain way and we take it. And we never wonder if a coach is a certain way. It's crazy, dog. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm not even gonna say like we're not even gonna speak on character yeah, when it comes to coaches, dog. Like I'm not even gonna go there. You've done enough. I don't know. <laughs> um so your reaction when A B got there, you were excited, obviously. Super right. The then Mayock tells you Gruden never said anything to you? Yeah, actually, I went by. Like they didn't oh, you did. tell me to, but I went by. Like yeah. I wanted to talk to him, and say your I don't piece. know. And no, not even like I just wanted to leave it professional. Like yeah. I didn't even say that I was upset or anything no. like that. I was like, You're like, hey, nice you know, playing see for you, you down the line. Like you know, nice playing, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just wanted to say goodbye. You know what I mean? Like maybe we'll be working together in the future because you know. never know in the NFL. So did it go over well? It was kind of like I think it did. I think it did. I don't know. He was very surprised that I did. I don't know. Like, I think it went over really well, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. They were surprised for sure that I, that I came by to talk to him. I love that you do that. It's like, it's sort of like, now just face me to my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to bring any negative energy. I'm not going to be angry. I just want to see your eyes. And the funniest thing is like going in there and like the security dude meeting you in the front. Like, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, what y'all think? I'm a bloodless motherfucker. <laughs> Like I still got my shit I'm not going to do what everyone thinks of, I'm going to do. Can I get what? some stuff out of my locker, my dog? And also say goodbye. And freak out. <laughs> um, were you offended that they only got back a fifth-round pick? I didn't even check up on that after at Sorry. that point. As soon as I heard that I got traded. I was, was offended like, for you. <laughs> I was offended for you. As soon as I as soon as soon I like got the, got the trade or whatever information, like it was just. Bro, as long as the check us. clears. Yeah, actually, there was a Janet. I used to leave at like 10, 11 some nights, like on a Friday night, just like whatever board I'm going to work out because I'm weird like that. I like to work out. I like to lift weights. And there was a janitor that actually said that because I asked him how he was doing. Like, yeah, you good, bro? Like, how you doing? Because he looked tired. He said, hey, man, as long as you know what they say, as long as that check clears. And I was like, you know what, dog? You right, dog. Yeah. I'm saying you real for that one. You know no, for real. Khalil traded. Amari traded. I mean, and then you, like... I have to imagine the guys back there right now are kind of like, who's next? It has to be. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what what Gabe said. Even Rodney joked about that. Like, yeah, man. I mean, like, we have, like, these professionals that we work with or whatever, like, shrinks and even a shrink, team shrink. Like, hey, man, like, it's a lot of people talking to us right now. They're very concerned about I'm like, damn. Shrinks are talking to other shrinks. They might replace me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's crazy over there right now. Crazier crazier to be on the team for Khalil being traded or Amari? Amari was for well, Khalil was just like what, but then like and then it's a shock, but it's so early still. But yeah. then like the Amari was just like, yo, they literally do not care. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. It was just like, yeah, because Khalil was before the season, and they yeah. got back multiple first round picks, and he was mm. already holding out. So. Really, the first one you're forgetting is Marquette King, like. Just cut in my him. opinion, like best punter, like in, in the game. In my opinion, like. what's interesting is he leaves Oakland, and right now he's actually meeting with the Texans. That's exactly what Shane Leckler did. Former Raider goes to Houston, and many people believe Shane Leckler is the best punter of all time. Interesting thing with special teamers is their salaries get higher as they get older, and teams are like. You know, we could really save $400,000 on the punter this year by yeah. getting this kid out of North Dakota State. You know what I mean? But so Khalil, there was a track record. Amari, was that, what week was that? That was in the middle. Like, I felt like that was pretty deep in the season, like in the middle of the season. I don't remember what week, but it was in the season to the point where it was just like, wow. And you're where with like, that? You even you're not working out of church it. for that, are you? No, we're on the field at practice. We're, we're literally, 
we're literally already had been through most of pra- like grinding. Wow. You know what I mean? And then like they get their little I don't even know dudes' names, like some I don't know, some guy, whatever, grabs yeah. them. And we're sitting there like, nah. Like it was like so unbelievable. It would have been like if an alien landed on the field and was like, Hey, what's up, fool? Like I'm from Checklist or whatever. Yeah. You're like, yo, that's an alien. It was like that. Like people were just shocked. Like, what the hell is going on right now? How did it spread? Did they call around the team and say this just happened? They didn't say anything. Like literally you just like turned around and saw it. You Wait. just turned around and saw it. You're just like, what? Oh, so you just see him come off the field, but you don't know why he's coming off the field. No, you know because this guy is the guy that always cuts people. Or like, It's always oh, bad t- when you see this guy. You know it's not good. And you're like, so, so you guys are like, they didn't cut him. Like, what, what the hell? You just know because he's a baller. You know they didn't just cut him. Like, he's a baller. You know that. He's wow. going to ball. Like, so was the team just deflated after that? That for sure was like the dagger. Like, a few times it was like some situations where it was just like, you know, you're on the field and certain things are getting called or whatever, and you have no control of that. Yeah. And you're just like, do they care or whatever? And it's like, we're working so hard and, you know, and the pain and all that. People playing through injuries, and you're like, what are we doing? Right. But then that was probably like the dagger where it was just like, wow. So the whole team after that moment, you could feel it. Weeks you could to come. feel it. Like, people yeah. were like talking about it in the locker room. Like, yo, like, I guess they're like really like rebuilding. Like, you just like knew. At yeah. that point, you know, I had yeah. a I had a story. I did a, a story with Malcolm Jenkins, and I'm on his roof, and we're getting ready. We had just shot all day about like bow ties and how he's like prepared for a zombie apocalypse and all that, <laughs> and it's like a fun time. And I get a buzz on my phone, and the Eagles had just traded Sam Bradford, and that meant they were going to start Carson Wentz that year, and his face was filled with so much disappointment because in his mind he didn't come there to play for a rookie quarterback. He didn't come there to do the rebuilding. Mm. Because when you're an athlete, your window is not that long. Exactly. And it's so way if, different for coaches with the long tenures and the guaranteed contracts that they have. Like, so when you're a team and you go, we're rebuilding, anyone on that team over the age of 27 yeah. is like, bro, not now. <laughs> Dudes are asking for trades. Like some guys, wow. like I'm just not that type of person. Like once I sign on to do something, I finish that. But like Bruce for sure was a guy that was just like, Yo, get me out of like, here. Deuces. I want to go to I'm not doing or that. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Like his wife's there or whatever. So he was yeah. like, hey, like, you know, he's Man. from there too. Like, mm. what was it like to have Marshawn Lynch on your team? That was dope. <laughs> he kept it too real. Like, we had the realest conversations on the plane to the point where, like, coaches would come get their rookies so that they would not have to hear what he was saying just so they can keep them. What the kind of shit is he them. spitting on the team plane? Like, just straight up stuff, bro. I can't even, I don't even want to repeat it. I'm scared to repeat it. I'm not even going to say it. Was it about football or was it about It was life? about football, but it was also about life, too. Yeah. And, like, oh no, and what's going on with football. I'm not even going to get into he it. He sees dog. through the games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and dog. And he's the kind and of guy. And he saw it early, too. Like, That's he, incredible. Yeah. That's what's so funny is on a team that had that much turmoil and change, to have the ultimate truth teller in the locker room. I just feel like at all times he would have been like, Hemi. What the fuck are we like on meetings? Like I just feel like he would do that all the time. Occasionally, occasionally, yeah. occasionally he would. Yeah, I don't like, want. He wasn't. You, I don't too, want you to. He wasn't too. He wasn't trouble. very like. He wasn't disruptive or anything like that. But like privately is like where he was like basically like, hey, look, you know, this is the deal. Here's the whatever. facts. Yeah. If somebody were to call you, whether it's uh, Cleland Farrell, their fourth round, their fourth pick in the draft, or another guy, and, and they said, "What's Gruden like?" What would mm-hmm. you tell him? Um. You know what? He's a passionate guy. 
He's a passionate guy. Um, he loves the game. He's going to get up at 4 in the morning, you know what I mean, and, and start coaching. Um, you know what? But like, it's I, don't, I really don't. I really don't know. Like, I felt like I knew. Mm. I don't know. I really don't. I really don't know. So you'd say, I was with him for a year, and I still don't know what he's like. I don't know. I don't really know. I know parts of what he's like, but I can't say that I really know what he's like. Mm. Can I ask you an awkward question? Because it's been one of the things I've been most fascinated by. Monday Night Football, Raiders, Washington, mm-hmm. all the stories that came out. Is mm-hmm. there any truth to that shit at this all? This 100% false. 100% false? Yeah. The- so if you really want to know what happened, obviously we had heard what Trump said. Right. And clearly there's a lot of guys just like right here that felt a certain type of way. How could you not? And so we're like, man, like we got to do like some type of display something. It wasn't even that big of a deal. Like it was literally like, hey. Like, you know, we're going to sit or whatever. We're not going to even make a huge deal out of it. And like, all right, cool. And then it was just like. This is when he came out and said Coaches and like a bunch of people were like, oh, like basically don't do that. Like just stay in the locker room or like whatever it was. Right. And it wasn't even to the point where people were like distracted. It was literally like, hey, we're just going to do this one thing. And then it was just like a weird thing where like there were certain players that were like, no, like we shouldn't do that, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But it's just like, man, like that's like three of y'all saying that we shouldn't do that. And a lot of us feel a certain type of way. So it was kind of messed up that right. three people would be like, no, nah, like basically make us feel like we're in the wrong for like. And to have this kind of discussion day, right too. before a game. Yeah, but it was like the night before though. Like it was like the day before or whatever. Yeah. Like by the time game day came around, like most of us were just like, "Hey, like this is how we feel. This is what we are going to do." Yeah. Y'all like do what y'all have to do, but we feel this way about this right now. You're the only all-black offensive line in the entire NFL. The how entire could you, NFL. How could you not? How could it not understand. like like yours? Your... I don't understand how you can not understand that. This was when he came out and said the NFL players are, he didn't say pieces of shit. What did he say? Yeah, yeah. He said like sons of. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Because the rumors were about Derek. And I just wasn't sure. That's super false. That's and what Derek I would like. That's what I'd love for you to cool. clear up. Like we all mess with him. Yeah. Like he's funny. He's not one of those quarterbacks that's like super, super serious all the time. You can't relate started? to him. I don't know, man. It's like one of those little media things. Like a yeah. little troll out there said some crazy stuff for a little like Derek got wanna be media, wanna yeah. be media person was like, Oh, this is why that happened and then like, you know, yeah, like MAGA country or whatever, yeah. like go crazy. They latched onto that and were like, Ah, oh, is this what's going on in the team? Like y'all couldn't be like way off. Like y'all away for it. It is interesting how they've dealt with Derek. Cause it it's I, I hear people all the time, like, I can't tell if they like him or if they don't. And that's like players. You and should coaches. like them. Players yeah. like them. I have not met a player that has that doesn't like Derek. Awesome. I feel like that's one hundred percent false that people don't like Derek as far as players are concerned. The people I'm, that actually know him, you have to like him. He's too good of a guy not to like. Yeah. Like there's never AB any fucks with him. Everybody like. Yeah. You just have to like. Have you met him? Like if you meet not. him, you're gonna love him. Good energy. Like his too. dad. Like his whole family. Yeah. They're just a great family. He's just a great guy. Interesting. Fucking rumors, man. I never know who starts. It's them, crazy because it's like you're know. not allowed to address it. Like you're taught not to like. Oh, you don't make any comments about this. We're focused on the season, especially offensive And you man. just want to just squash it, but they're like, don't talk to any media about that. Man, are you happy to be gone? Like at this point, like it's at, not like not happy. a disrespect to the to the fans. Yeah, but I'm just glad that I I'm not dealing with all that anymore. I just want to play football, bro. Like, yeah. Period. And like, you're getting that. Into- 
like you like the same thing when you're raw raw whatever and how that can take away from the energy i'm just trying to play ball like mm. period you know what i mean so and you've now is this like the best health wise you've been in a long time like getting in shape like doing keto and intermittent fasting and all that stuff yeah you can feel it yeah well how different does your body feel right now well i took a lot of weight off my joints so i mean obviously my knees and my back feel better what and, weight are uh, we at i'm 310 right now and you were what the last few years uh 325 wow. 330. and we don't think that's gonna mess up your power at all uh, i'm the strongest i've ever been man really? shout out to justice you know what I mean? Our strength coach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we got a real one, bro. Like, we got we have a real strength coach. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say anything about the last one we had in Oakland. But this dude <laughs> is raw. Like, this guy's raw. You're just feeling like, is it different exercises, too? Hell yeah, it's way different. I don't know what the hell we were doing in Oakland last year. Well, dog. I saw your that off-season so weight stupid. room in the where the training camp is. It's like a high school in Oakland. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what. This looks like the yard. Like, I don't know what's going on. It, it has nothing to do with that because we worked out there when we were with Joe Gums, in my opinion, like the coldest of all time dude is like, Working for NASA now, he's that smart. State Department. Oh, he training, was the like, trainer killers. guy back then. Like, yeah, like he was. He's the truth. Wow, this dude's the truth. So, which and then obviously that translates like to how we won twelve games and all that type of stuff. Like, and then like the guy that we just had, he's since been fired. Like, I mean, no disrespect. Like, you know what? Hey, that was his Gruden's guy. Whatever, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like. I'm just happy that we got a good strength guy now. Like, to me, that's so important. Like, there are certain players that don't like it. Like, oh, like, I can understand you're a skilled player. You don't want to get, like, too big. Yeah. You just don't want to run fast. But, like, for, like, that position up front, if you're not training the right way, if you're not also mm. training smart, too, because there's a lot of banging up front. Sure. You're just not going to, one, make it through the season, and two, like, you're going to burn out fast. There's going to be way more injuries. And mm. you can just see just from the amount of injuries that we had from the one strength guy to the next how important that is to oh actually God. have a guy that's coached and has been coaching and has been learning and has been progressing with yeah. training in the NF. It's a high, like, high – it's a competitive job. Like, you have to be front, Trainers, front, front of like, the line. Like 60% of their job is learning new techniques. 60% of their job is going out and getting certified and mm -hmm. learning the correct... We had guys that weren't even certified in That's the weight room. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, we had, we had a, a physical, You're playing on a baseball field trainer. and you have we, trainers We, we, we had a personal certified. trainer. We had literally a per, one of like the guys that were training us was a personal trainer. That was his qualification. He had... We literally had How athletic trainers with anything? more qualification. You really can, dog, because then you're the bad guy. Like, you can't. You can't. No, I would certain, be in there. We, make, we, make we tell certain guys. guys, we tell certain guys, like Lee Smith was one of our guys. He was on the leadership council. Yeah. So we'll go to the leadership council and be like, bruh. And then he'll go back and talk to the coach Gruden. And then Gruden will come back. We'll give him a little bit more time. And then it gets kind of pushed back. And by the time they actually do something. It's like, too late. Yeah. And then also, dude's on a guaranteed contract, too. So you think he cares, wow. really? Like, he even said that. He was like, I'm a guaranteed contract anyway, even if they do get rid of me. Like, dude said that. I was literally in his office because he came to me and was like, what's going on? Why are the guys upset? And coffee. I told him why they're upset. You're like, really? And I'm just like, well, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter for you guys. And that's the thing, bro. It's such a it's a business, man. Like they don't Damn. care the way that we care. Players just like they don't care the way that we care. I hope that this staff, this gay staff cares. And I hope that it you're like, damn, I feel like I'm first year Baltimore all over again. You bro, know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it feels like. That's what it's feeling like right now. It is. Now. Yeah. And this That's exciting. Jets fans are gonna love to this, hear. This man, I'm telling you, bro, like this strength coach, bro. Like What's man, his name? Justice Gallic. Justice Gallic? Gallic. G-A-L-A-C. All right, so if you want to be jacked, Justice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, 307, you were saying, um, 
the, the to go up against now Leonard Williams every day in practice and Quinnen Williams now like this incoming young guy. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could actually help teach Quinnen too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because we've heard about like offensive linemen teaching offensive linemen. But what, what, what about you helping? It almost is more that way. Like, um, I just yeah, that's just that's just yeah, that's that's how it works. Like, especially if it's a smart guy that's really trying to absorb everything and really, really trying to learn. Like, that's just how it works. He'll come up to you and ask you why he can't beat you. Obviously, because in college he can beat everybody. Yeah. And so, like, if it's a smart guy that's not like overprideful, which he seems like he seems like a really humble, like really he went good to kid. Alabama, man. He's going to be asking questions. So, and you love to see that. Like, I've heard so many times that when the first round pick walks in, the mm-hmm. team has to be impressed. Like it's it's important for the team to go. We got ourselves a good one. Have you seen Quinn work yet? No, I have. Okay. He. I think they show up this weekend. But what is that? I don't know. I don't know if I would say that honestly. You that wasn't my so. experience in Baltimore, at least. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like well, you and Corey you, Upshaw it's weird. show it's, up together. It's weird. Yeah, and I'm sure they were. I'm sure the defense went. Damn, that Kalechi's a big motherfucker. And they were like, Oh, Upshaw, that's a big. Like, I'm sure it kind of amped them up a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, but like they don't really start saying anything until the pads come on, you know? Like when they it's it's that's that sport. It's like one of the last, you know, well, sports in general is like one of the last meritocracies. It like doesn't matter how hyped up you are or what you say. It's like once guys actually see it and they experience it and they feel it, then it's like, "All right." Right. Yeah, because you just sliding around with no pads on and not knowing how physical you are. Yeah. But if you get into like a fight early on or you toss somebody and then everyone's like, damn, we got ourselves a real Exactly. One. We got a dog. What was your welcome? Like, did you have a play where the other team, like the defense, kind of acknowledged? Um, it wasn't like a specific plays. It was just like a series of plays during training camp my rookie year where guys would come up to my locker laughing like, hey, man, you got to chill, 72. You got to chill, dog. Yeah. Like, dang. And we going to red dot you. We going to red dot you. I'm like, what's what red it, dot yeah. mean? Like, hey, man, they, the red dot means like the whole defense watching you. Next time you dump somebody, they're going to jump you. They kind of say that to like scare Damn, you. Like, they don't awesome. actually do it. But, well, to certain guys, if they can do that to certain guys. But like, <laughs> yeah, but like they'll like, yeah, like they'll come up and they'll be like, no, I'm playing, man. Hey, you're going to get us right, bro. We're going to be good this year, man. That's we awesome. need that work. Like, that's a good locker room. Like, yes. they're competitive and they don't like getting beat but then they'll like joke around and be like mm. like all right so that's a good media note for everyone listening is if you see rookies getting complimented right now let's wait yeah no. but if after the pads come on you start seeing rookies getting complimented it's, you know the team real. really fucks it's with the real guy. yeah even like wide receivers they don't even need like if if one's like amazing it's still different under the lights though and it's still different when you're running across the middle and could get hit and like or it's they just, just let it's you just go. different like there's a lot of guys that are super athletic and make incredible catches but like under the pressure of the lights they can't perform you know what yeah. i mean that happens sometimes and there's a lot of guys that just can't transfer that ability and just Really, you just have to be like, yo, the same stuff I'm doing, what made yeah. me dominant, you just got to keep doing it and not even think about the fact that you're in the NFL. It's just a jersey in front of you. Do the same stuff that you do. You ha- know what have I mean? you talked to Sam at all, Darnold? Yeah, a couple times, yeah. 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 It's a good young quarterback. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's going to be good. I think so, too. Yeah. He's my guy. I like him a lot. All <laughs> right. So I have three stories that I kind of want to talk about that are either lessons that we could have learned, lessons people should have learned, and I have a nugget. I'm going to start off with the nugget. Uh, st- 
coming out of Dallas camp right now, Travis Frederick apparently looks really good. Apparently he's on field running plays, was practically an extra coach last season. And I know just from like looking at offensive lines, Dallas has been one that you've had to keep your eyes yeah, on for a long time. They're awesome. They're and really to good. do to have a good year last year without him. If he is able to come back, I'm personally looking at Dallas and go and watch the fuck out. Because they just drafted Connor McGovern in the third round to kind of compete with Connor Williams and provide insurance if Frederick can't play. Because he had this this disease that they don't even know exactly what it is yet. Oh, I heard about that. But if he's able, I just think that's something I'm looking at right now. Look out for the Cowboys if he comes back. That's just a little nugget. Something that um, we need to learn or I thought we learned. Involves one of your teammates. Le'Veon Bell was not at voluntary camp. Mm -hmm. And you would have thought that he insulted everybody's mom in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. He came out and he said, here's what I'm going to say. When it's time to play football, I have to stick to my formula that I know that works for me to be the best player I can be. I'm not just trying to win games. I want a ring. I want to desperately show everybody what I can really do. I'll take the heat right now. Mm. Everybody will forget about that when January comes. Mm. So his statement included this. I have a formula. Mm. I want to win a Super Bowl. Mm. I'm going to perform big this season, and I'll show you around the playoffs. Mm. And people were offended by that. They were offended by that. People were like fired up about. People are, but they're going. They're going. Yeah, if you care that much, you're going to be around your team. Blah 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 blah. Adam Gase comes out Mm. and says he was here the first week of off-season workouts. He was. We gave him a lot of good information. He's got a good training regimen to go through. He knows his body. Mm -hmm. So pretty much, the coach was like, "We gave him the information. He's signing off." Yeah. But every television. I'm, I'm watching Good Morning. I'll call him out. I'm watching Good Morning Football. I'm watching shows on ESPN. I'm watching shows on NFL Network, and all of them are going. I don't know. I think you should be there. I think you should prove it to people. Blah blah. It's their bodies, mm-hmm. and voluntary workouts. It's voluntary, man. Yeah. Well, this is what happens. This is every debate on television. They debate the word voluntary. And how it means you don't have to be there. And then some blowhard comes over the top and goes, if you really give a shit, you'll be there. Tom Brady did not go to training camp last year. Walter Jones never showed up. Fletcher Cox didn't go the year before. Mm -hmm. And everyone said, oh, we'll see if both of those guys won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady won last year. Fletcher Cox won the year before. Aaron Donald held out last year, missed everything, mm-hmm. fresh. and, and one defensive, defensive player of the year. <laughs> yeah, it came back fresh. What do we need to explain to people that pr- preservation is just as important yeah. as preparation? I mean, also, it. like, it's not your fucking body. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just don't understand how we're still having the same fucking debate all the time yeah. when it's been proven every freaking year that these camps, as long as you're working out on your own and learning the playbook, do mm-hmm. not matter. Yeah, it's true. I, I, just, I don't get it, Kalachi. It's true. It's, it's true. I know. I just like yeah. you saying that. It makes me feel more validated. <laughs> but that's... that's it, I it, wouldn't say that they don't if matter. You're a, if you're a rookie, yeah. you got to be there. Like we saw it impact. I feel like there's certain positions: rookie, okay. quarterback. If you're new to the system, offensive line. If you're new to the system, right. But there's certain positions that are so like instinctual, like running back. That it's like, come on, defensive dog. Like, line, like, D line. Come like on. it's just you're just breaking on exactly you know I mean? like, like ball. Yeah. <laughs> know what direction to go. Hit the hole. Do your thing. Know who to protect and protections. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, Le'Veon, I saw a quote from you that said he's busting his ass right now. Yeah, he's grinding. Yeah. Yeah. What's that like to see? It's, it's Is this dope. the guy it's you're good. blocking for, man? It's, it's good. Like, he's he's working. I can't wait to see, like, him put the – it's going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, the way he's working to see him put on pads and carry the rock, like, tote the rock, it's going to be dangerous. If he – I'm – I love rooting for guys to prove a lot of people wrong. And I'm one of the few that think that what Le'Veon did contract-wise was a smart move. Oh, he held out and he didn't get that much more. He got a lot more in guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And-, and also, he got a year off with his body. Like, think about Marshawn coming back. Like, dude felt amazing, great, explosive. You can't, you can't even tell, like, how old he was. Like, right. how, like you know, like, all the young rookies, like, how are you moving like that? Because like, he had a year off. Exactly. Like, that's huge. Do you think it's more important at the running back position or is it valuable for any position? It's valuable for a lot of positions. Like, offensive line would be a position where there's a lot of banging. Yeah. Um, for sure, running back. They get hit all the times. Yeah, exactly. They get hit as much as us. If they're getting the ball, they get hit. And if you they're know? not getting so the ball, like, they're blocking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. it's. I'm excited. I just I think it's cool that people are going to question Le'Veon, and he could come back more well-rested with a better offensive line now with, like, you there. Mm-hmm. And... I, I've liked a lot of the additions you guys have made this year. Yo, Harrison's going to be a dog. Yeah, talk about that. So he was like my work, workout partner for Strain. It's this thing like this. It's a crazy workout, Justice is Psycho. But like like we like compete or whatever. Like we're like in the same workout group. Yeah. Like the O-line, me, Winters. Like a lot of us like compete. Yeah. Just the way that he works, how athletic he is, and he's intelligent, the questions that he asks. Like he's going to be like under the one of those under the radar guys. How old like, is he? Do you know? He's, I think he's. I don't know. He's young though. He's a, he's a younger guy. Uh, are you from talk- what I? Well, from talking to the guys like in the locker room, talking, they they were saying that Jonathan Harrison, the yeah, center. Yeah, yeah, the gotcha. center, Harrison. Yeah. From what guys are saying, like they they said he should have started last year. From what guys are saying, they're like really? he should have been the guy last year. So, well, I, I watched some of the snaps uh, in that Miami game. You probably haven't seen that with the Jets. They needed a center. So if, if Harrison <laughs> could be the guy. That's awesome. I can't wait to see him play, bro. Like, I'm excited from what I've seen. I can't. That's one guy that I'm excited to see. But I thought the signing of Jamison Crowder was great. Like, a guy over the middle for a quarterback like Sam that looks over the middle. Le'Veon Bell. C.J. Mosley. C.J. is a good Such addition. a dog. You did not cross over with him in Baltimore. No, he, I did. Was, yeah, we were in Baltimore together. For, what, like, a year? Uh, you... Was it two or one? Definitely for at least a year. Did yeah. you pitch him at all in the Jets? Or did he just, he was already. Nah, I didn't pitch him. I didn't Man. pitch him at all. That's awesome, though. Yeah. It's, it's got to be great to see your team sign guys like that. It's it's dope, especially when you know it's a good player. Like, you you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, I face that guy. Yeah. Like, I, I, I see I seen him work. Like, I know how he, like, moves. Like, I know what he can do. Like The last lesson that I had is a lesson that I think we can all learn. Uh, Sean McVay came out, uh, favorite coach right now in the NFL, and said that he fucked up and that he actually overanalyzed the Patriots. And what's funny in our culture right now is people see headlines and they make jokes, but they don't read articles. So the joke was, oh, I overanalyzed, I coached too hard. Sean McVay came out, and this was a Sports Illustrated article, and said he watched every game the Patriots played last season, including the playoffs and their two most recent Super Bowl appearances. And apparently when he said the last part, he shook his head and he was like really upset with himself. Mm. He said that he watched 20 games in that two-week period to get ready. Mm. 
And his quote was, you see stuff that worked in week three, but you forget that so much has changed since week three. You can watch so much film that you lose perspective. That's not good. Yeah, that's accurate, though. Like, I feel like coaches usually, I mean, they'll watch all of it, but then, like, I feel like they'll just, they won't really go in depth unless it's, like, the last four games. You definitely, I feel like it's not common to go to other Super Bowls and stuff like that and watch the film. Like, you want to see how they're playing teams and how the team's progressing and what their tendencies are within, like, the last, I don't know, like, five or six weeks. Because that really gives you, like, there's different guys in the year before and in the year before. There's not even the same players. How are you going to evaluate that? So, like, I can see that. Because you're taking time away from actually looking at what they are now. I think the, the, the thing is, one, that's the power of Belichick. Is he's gonna he's gonna make you go? Maybe there was a trick play in Super Bowl in two thousand one that he might bring back, and I want my team to be prepared. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I think that we can all learn from this is make the main thing the main thing in everybody's life. You can get caught up in the bullshit. Oh, I got to respond to these tweets. Oh, yeah, I got to go get lunch with. If you're not focusing on the most important thing, you're going to take a step back because you're taking time away from it. And I think that's what I took away from Sean McVay saying that is in everybody's life, don't get caught up in all the bullshit. There's a reason that Mark Zuckerberg wears the same thing every day because he doesn't want to focus on that. He wants to focus on the main thing. And if you can keep yourself focused, whether you're a job, whether you're in school, whether you're young, like this is a lesson I think we can all learn, whether it's with your family and not getting caught up in bullshit. And, oh, what happened a year ago? It doesn't matter. Where are you now? I just think that's a lesson that we can all take and kind of go focus on the main shit, do what you do great, focus on what you do and, and, and how do you make that better? And the things that you aren't that great at, how can you minimize that Mm -hmm. and then do that? Stop Mm -hmm. focusing on what other people are doing. Because that true. that will get you caught up in a whole yeah, lot of it's bullshit. It's a terrible, it's a terrible, terrible. terrible and I idea. think he it's realized that. Yeah, for disaster, you want to have a ton of us. You don't want to be too worried about anybody else. You need to focus on yourself. You know, you got to be present in the moment and take care of your business. A thousand percent. Uh, I was going to wrap up now. If there's anything else that you want to talk about or any questions, I will open the floor for a little bit because I, I don't want this to all be me asking you questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's talk about music, man. Who are you listening to right Anderson now? Pack. Okay. That's my motherfucker. You ever uh, heard of a guy, Saba Pivot? No. Dude out of of Chicago. Okay. Check him out. It's like a Chicago renaissance going on right now. Really? Yeah. You got to check that guy out. Saba Pivot. Saba Pivot. Also, Darren Falana. Dropping some knowledge on me. Nigerian guy. I love Nigerian Cold out of Toronto. I don't know how this dude isn't big right now, dude. Like... How about that? Bro, so we have big, some big musical music, rep- recommendations right here. Um, yeah, Anderson's my guy. Anderson. Like I've, I, I was so happy that he got to do uh, an actual album for him. Dr. Dre produced his the album before this one, and it sounded like a Dre album. And I was like, I loved it. It was great. I loved it. It was great. But this last one is so much more him. And yeah. that's the shit. Because he's a nut. He's he like yeah, James. He has to express Br- himself. He's an artist. Yeah, I appreciate sure. you coming in and doing this. Welcome to New York. We're going to hang out in New York. My fiance is literally calling me. Not now. <laughs> we'll get a drink. We'll get some dumplings. Yeah, let's do it, man. Appreciate let's you. Out, man. Let's hang out. You're the man. Let's drop that beat again to walk him off. If you want to, I might drop a freestyle. I think I might actually start doing like left. I don't know if I'm going to do it right now. Hey. 
birthday. It's my birthday. Do it in the worst way. It's fucking Wednesday. No, it's not a Thursday. If you want to do this shit, man, we can go and just jump. My man's about to go downtown and get a dump. And if it hits him right, he's going to take a dump. And I don't really give a shit. We bust out of the slump. Hold on. Let me hit it a little bit more. And I'm going to say some shit and get your mind on the floor. Because when you come on the Left Go Show, it's never a bore. And if you come in, you don't know what's in store. So let me toss it over to Mr. KO. He's going to do this shit with the man, Adam Lefko. I need to stop and quit it. Motherfucker, hit it. You know you're going to do it because I just did it. All right. I got to do it because you just did it. We on the Adam Lefko show, so let's just get it. This off the dome, no. Straight up in your home, no. Hit that note like a fucking hollow tip. Hit hey. the chrome, no. Oh, no. Almost fell off, but I remembered I'm KO. Man, hey. I'm sitting on the throne on the top. They trying to fight me for the number one spot, but uh. it's cool. I just do my thing. Y'all already know I'm from the South Side, Maine, where them things bang. H-Town boy, y'all already know. Atlanta players in the pants, man. Let me walk with a fucking limp. Let me put a dip in hey. my fucking lip. You know I do this shit all hey. day. I don't even play except the Alize. Now I'm feeling good, man. Hey, hey <laughs> Kalecio Semele. Hit him up on social. What's your Twitter? Uh, K-O-7-0, spelled hey. out. And what's your Instagram? Same. Same. Hit him up. Let him know he's the fucking man. You guys are the shit. Homies, 33%. I respect you. I love you. Live your life the best you can, and don't worry about none of the haters, because none of that shit matters. Focus on you, man. Focus on you. Let's Make the main it. thing the main thing. Holla at you guys. Hey!